will sing Worship his name, exalt his holy name, give glory to him, for he is good unto us. Bless his holy name, bless his holy name. You are wonderful, Lord, you are excellent Father, you are the King of glory. We exalt you, we magnify you. Blessed be your name, Lord. Thank you, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you. We magnify your name. Blessed be your name, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 this day to fix that which is missing in your life I am the Lord that have come to visit you this hour open your heart receive of me you wake up every morning talking to someone now and your heart begin to fill you as if they put the whole problem of the nation on your head and you don't know how you will survive you keep on thinking and thinking your finances are in shambles God says look unto me I'm fixing that for you today your health has been failing you not as a reason of age but that which you cannot even just explain. 
there is healing virtue here through his word this morning everything that needed to be put right God is fixing them up in your life in the name of Jesus Christ I can see someone waiting for this hour that what will God do for me God says I'm here to meet you at that point of need there's communion table set before us this communion table will bring healing to someone's body today I want you to look at God's word and trust him this morning because he's going to make a great change in your life Hallelujah Expressly to every life this morning. Let every unbelief, let it be shattered. Let faith arise in the hearts of men. Father, let your word enter into the hearts of men and let it mix with faith in them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray this day, every blindfoldness in the mighty name of Jesus, I cause it to its root. Let your eyes of understanding be opened in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Father. We give all the glory to you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we are prayed. God bless you. Please be seated. You are welcome to church. Today, another beautiful day at the presence of the Lord, sharing, unveiling, on the unsearchable inheritance in Christ, unveiling the unsearchable inheritance in Christ. We've been talking about our inheritances in Christ, and God wants to unveil some of those inheritances again today as by a part of ensuring that you don't miss out from what God has in store for you. There are hidden blessings that God has kept in store for his children. Who dare or who care to look for them? And these blessings are what could bring benefits to you at various stages of your life. And that is why when we are talking about our inheritances, we are not talking about what you just grabs now, and that's all about it. There are some of them that are unfolded to us as we are growing up in age. There are some of them that are unfolded to us as we move from one level of life to another one. And that is why you must know that there are hidden blessings that God has kept in store for you. We must know how to assess these blessings. Otherwise, it will be of no benefit to us. In Matthew chapter 13, 
The Bible says in Matthew 13, verse 44, the Bible says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure, eat in a field. The which, when a man has found it, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has, and buyeth that field. Someone has to look for those hidden treasure. Jesus Christ made this parable, just one verse parable, complete in its whole entirety. That the kingdom of heaven, as big as it is, he says, is like unto an hidden treasure, hid inside a field. But someone has to look for it and find it. He says, which when a man has found, is not on the surface. When he says he has found it, means he looked for it. He searched for it. He deliberately say, I'm looking for the hidden treasure. He says, after he has found it, he kept it. He didn't allow it to escape. He went to sell all that he has. That is all distraction, things that can weigh him down, things that do not allow him to possess it. He put them aside. And he went ahead after it, after it. He says, he bought it. You remember Isaiah 55? He says, come and buy without money. Leave every other thing that you thought you have. Come and buy. This man has to search for it to be able to find it. And it was when he has found it that he was able to possess it. Friends, he needs to search for the hidden blessing. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3, God said, I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. So they are not in the open. There are riches that God wanted to add to your life. There are things that you benefit your life, but they are hidden. Somebody has to look for it. All these are kept so that you might know that you have a God. He says, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by your name, I am the God of Israel. In other words, it's your God. He's trying to show to you that I'm your God. I am your father. I'm the one that have saved you. I have kept something for you. They are hidden. You need to look for them. So there are many things that God always wants to unveil to us as believers. As we move on in the race of Christianity. Such treasures as is meant for the children of God must be a thing that each of us, each one of us, must look for it and possess the one that belongs to us. But let me tell you that there are many blessings and many promises that God has given to us that we are yet to fully claim as children of God, even though we know them. These things have been freely given to us. 1 Corinthians chapter, 12, chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. There are many things God has freely given to us. Many promises God has given to us. 
But we allow the enemy to cheat us by not following the simple instructions that God has given to us. Simple, simple instructions. I can give you two of them, two, two easy ones. He says we should walk by faith and not by sight. But we feel that what we see is better than what, by, what we need to believe. He says walk by faith and not by sight. So if you don't walk by faith, how do you want to get anything from God? The, another one says, resist the devil, he will flee from you. You say, that's not for me. That's for some people who want to be fighting. How will the devil not cheat you? Do you think that what God wants to give you, do you think that the devil wants you to have it? So, this simple, simple instruction makes a lot of people not to be able to have what they're supposed to have from the Lord. It's not because God does not want to give them. It's simply because they are not ready to follow instruction. So don't let us ignore the instruction of God. In a similar way, failure to search for the hidden treasure is failure not to have them. Imagine a grown-up child, a son of a father, wealthy man, like our heavenly father, is so wealthy, and he has put down a vehicle and a driver standby every time in the house for the children. And there is this son of East who wants to go from here to Ikeja and he will go to the father and say, sir, daddy, please, I need some money. I want to get to Ikeja. I need boss money. The father may give him the boss money because that is his choice. He may feel that he doesn't want to ride in the car. And that's how some of us behave. Not knowing that even the father has kept somewhere an helicopter or an airplane that even if they want to go to cities around, they could, have, they could easily just go there and just board the plane and get to where they are going. Because that one is even eating from him. Someone who has not even used the vehicle in the house with a standby driver, how will he know that his father could possess such thing? Or it's made available to him. That is how some of us will behave as Christians. So the fact that you didn't take those things that God has given to you does not mean God has not given them to you. The fact that we didn't assess those blessings that God has given to us does not mean that God is wicked or God is partial, is giving it to other people. That kind of a song, we see other children being carried even in, the, in their father's vehicle and it will just be lamenting because he didn't assess or he didn't, he didn't make use of what God or his father has provided for him. A story was said about a man who has a farm, and I'm sure you know this story very well. And he went to his farm one day, and while he was cultivating, he saw a big stone. And he saw that the stone is fine. He said, this would be good to use in the house. So he carried the stone home, and all that he could use the stone for is that when there is heat, they will open their door and use the stone to stop uh, the door. So they are using it as a stopper. So they are using the stone as a stopper. His friend will come and go. They will gist and go. One day, the friend look at the stone very well and say, why are you using this precious stone in this place all the time to stop this uh, as a stopper for this door? And before he could realize it, it was a diamond that he was using to stop the, the, the door every day. Returning back to Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, saying that there is somebody found an hidden treasure. 
if you don't know what you have, you may not be able to enjoy what you're supposed to have. And until that man was able to understand that this is diamond, he was as ignorant as anyone could be. And that is why the Bible says, concerning what God has provided for you, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, I have not seen, here I have not heard, neither has he entered into the arts of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But, he says, but God has revealed them. God has revealed them, not to strangers, to you and I. He has revealed them to us by his Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God, things that are hidden, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit is the custodian. You need to walk with the Holy Spirit to possess those things. So if you are looking for anything outside and you want to be looking at what God has done for that brother or that sister, you are wasting your time. Get back into the world. God has revealed them to us. He has revealed them to us. He has revealed them to us. Say to your neighbor, God has revealed them to us. Revelation you get from the Holy Spirit is what you have as your own. Even as you are listening to message now, or as you sit down in your home and you are studying or you are meditating on the scripture, the revelation you get from the Holy Spirit is what remains permanent in your life. It's not the story somebody tells you. No revelation, no understanding. And if there is no understanding, you can't get anywhere in life for, to get any great value in life. And that is where the missing gap is. We need those revelations by the Holy Spirit to help us to know the things that are revealed to us. To know those things that are revealed to us. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, it says, the secret thing belong unto the Lord our God. It says, but those things which are revealed unto us, they belong to us. What brings revelation? The Holy Spirit. Those secret things, God wants to re return it, give it to you. God has no reason why he's keeping them to himself. He has no reason. He does, he does, it's not a secret to him, but it's secret to us. So he needed to reveal it to us as per time that you need those things. Unveiling on the unsearchable inheritance you have in Christ. You need to ask the Lord from time to time. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Show me the next level of my inheritance. I need it. I need it. Let me show you two vital things as what is being unveiled to you this morning so that you always grab it and make it to be part and parcel of your life from time to time. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. That's the first thing I want to unveil. Nothing is too hard for God to do for you. Nothing is too hard for God to do for you. Say to yourself, nothing is too hard for God to do for me. It's easier to say, or it's easier being said, than to accept it. I want to say to yourself, nothing is too hard for God 
to do for me. When you convince yourself with that word on daily basis from time to time, you are removing the hand of limitation that is being placed on our faces of what God can do for us. Often at times, we see some things in the lives of other people, we feel that God cannot do it or that person is just fortunate. If that person is fortunate, you don't need to be fortunate. You have your father who has everything that can supply those things. So you need to connect to that father who can give you those things that you need. Sometimes we behave as if God, things are too hard for God. And there are different levels we behave in that manner. Some people, they see themselves to be as unworthy, unrighteous, not so privileged. They came from poor background, poor home, and hence, they will not be able to ask God. So they will just say, let me just ask this little. If God can just do this little, I'm okay by it. And they remain at the level of that little. I'm talking of anything in life. Anything in life. Because they have written themselves to that level. And so the Bible says they limited the Holy One of Israel. Some feel that they may be asking too much from God. That God has just done this, He has just done that. Am I the only one? God has billions of people to attend to in the world. What's your own problem? Is God saying He's complaining? Is God complaining? <laughs> you ask. He said, ask. And it shall be given unto you. He said, either you have asked nothing. That is everything you have asked. You put it together. He says, nothing. Ask, ask again, ask again. That your joy may be full. They see themselves as if they are not qualified to have so much. And then there are some other people who assume that because of what the doctors have told them or other things that they have seen or they have had, experiences they have, that as making life tough for them. And so because of it, they have concluded that God cannot do this thing or has not included them among those who should have those things. All of this put together is you are saying there are things that are too hard for God to do for you. That's why I said, say to yourself, there is... God, nothing too hard for God to do for me. Because that is the only way you can convince yourself. If you don't say it to yourself and convince yourself, all of these things that we see with our eyes or we hear or we know everywhere is affecting us from receiving or assessing the things that God has in store for us. There is no one who can, ask, who can have more than enough and say that, God, the blessing you have given me is enough. Because Jesus Christ said, the evil for the day is sufficient for that day. You don't know what is for tomorrow. And that is why you need to get connected with God. It is the same limitation that Sarah placed on God when God visited Sarah and Abraham. In Genesis chapter 18, the angel had to confront Abraham 
and Sarah to tell them, is anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? They have complained. They have looked at their lives. They have said it's not possible. They have to change their mind from Genesis 18 to, Re to Re Romans chapter 4. Abraham has to change his mind. So the one you are reading in Romans chapter 4, that he, 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 he counted not his body, he regarded not his body as anything. He was, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. It was after God said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? It was after that. God had to challenge him that there is nothing too hard for me to do. The angel came to Zechariah, the husband of Elizabeth, to tell him that you are going to Zechariah. You know Zechariah. You know Zechariah is a priest in the temple, serving the Lord, who ought to be closer to God. And the angel said, "Your wife Elizabeth is going to have a child." Give us Luke chapter one. Verse 18. And give me, okay, let's read it first here. And then you give me TPT after. He said, and Zechariah said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? King James did not put it in a way that some of us will be able to understand the way the man was reacting. Because the way he was reacting, we look as if it was the same way Mary reacted in the same chapter. Mary, the mother of Jesus. He said, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man. And my wife was stricken in years. Can you change it to TPT, please? Zechariah asked the angel, how do you expect me to believe what you are saying? <laughs> can, you, can you see the difference? He was, was telling the angel, how do you expect me to believe this thing you are saying? In other words, the angel, you are telling lies. You have come to me to be telling me this kind of lie. That is why you need to be careful with what you hear from the altar on what you read from the scripture, to be careful not to believe them. If your head cannot carry it, just say, God, have mercy on me. Help me to believe. You know that man that came to Jesus Christ with the lunatic boy that I came to your disciples and they could not heal him? And Jesus Christ said that, oh, uh, you of you, all of you are of faithless generation. And he said, he told him, he said, if you can have faith, this thing will be done. He says, Lord, have mercy of me, on me. Help my unbelief. So if your head does not carry what the scripture is talking, or the word of God you are hearing, or testimony of others who, that God has done something great in their life, just say, God, help me. Don't doubt it. The man was saying that. How do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man, and my wife is too old to give me a child. He was not asking for signs. What sign can you give me to prove? <laughs> He's looking for proof. That's how some of us behave. I, I think that man has PhD. He must have PhD in theology. <laughs> he was asking for proof. <laughs> you don't need any proof. God did not ask you to prove anything. God said you should believe. All that you need to do is to believe. The same angel, after some months, went to Mary and said the same thing to Mary. Mary said, I believe. He said, be it unto me according to thy word. Because Zechariah will not want to believe and is looking for proof. The angel of God closed his mouth and said, 
I've closed your mouth. You won't go and be talking rubbish about. Because some of us, we, we destroy, our, we destroy our, our blessing with our negative talk. <laughs> if you don't need anything, close your mouth. Close your mouth. Close your mouth. It's better to close your mouth than to be saying what you don't know. <laughs> if you can't believe a thing, just close your mouth. It's better to close your mouth. Friends, it's very, very key. In other words, God is unveiling to you this morning that there is nothing too hard for him to do in your life. I don't know what your situation may be like, what your life may be like, what difficulty you have gone through in life or you are still going through. I don't know what experience your background might have been. Conversely, I don't know how easy life has been with you and you feel everything is just easy. I don't need any God. Let me just go to church on Sunday. At least I'm going there. I worship him. Everything is easy. You need to do more than that. You need to believe God. God can do more than what you are thinking. More than your head can carry. Another thing I want you to know, being unveiled to you this morning, before we finish this message, is that your well-being is paramount to him. Your well-being is paramount to him. Among every other thing, the reason why he has kept you on earth after you have accepted Christ and he didn't take you home immediately is that he wants you to manifest his glory. And in manifesting his glory, you can't manifest it when you are on a sick bed. You can't manifest it when you are begging for food. You can't manifest it when you are bringing shame to his name. You can't manifest it when you are still walking in sin. You can't manifest it in any negative way. So God is interested in your well-being, spirit, soul, and body. And that is why we must always trust God to help us on daily basis by looking unto him. When it comes to battles of life, challenges of life, God is much more interested in you. In Isaiah 49, verses 24 and 25, God was talking over there that shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? He says, but thus says the Lord, lawful captive may not be delivered because he has been lawfully captured and he has to serve his time. But God said, I'm going to reverse it. Even the captives of the mighty it shall be taken away. And the prey of the terrible, it shall be delivered. Glory to God. That is, nothing is too hard for God. If they have concluded your matter, tell them you have concluded nothing. My matter can't be concluded. The only one that has say in my life is who? He says, for I will contend. I'm not the one contending. God says, I will contend. If God says he's going to contend, I don't know who wants to fight with him. I will contend with him that contended with thee. Glory to God. God said he's going to contend with your enemy, with your adversary, with whatever that thing may be. With whatever that thing may be. With whatever that thing may be. I will contend with him that contended with thee and I will save you and your children. When he says he's going to save your children, you think he will save you? It's you and your children. <laughs> Meaning that after I have saved you, they can't migrate and go and say, okay, let's go and, let's go and attack his children. 
it's not going to, it's not going to happen. The way I contend because of you, your children also are covered. Glory to God. <laughs> Friends, God is much more interested in your well-being. Your well-being is paramount to him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he can deliver his son to us, it means he's much more interested in your well-being. And if he's interested in your well-being, he will freely give you all things, all things, all things, all things. Glory to God. And that is why I know that God is interested in your good health. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in earth, even as thy soul prospereth. Third John verse 2. And that's why he said in, Rome, in Matthew chapter 8, we read this morning, verse 17, he said, that it might be fulfilled. Jesus Christ did so many healings in Matthew chapter 8, verse chapter 9. And he came to this point, he says, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Why? He's interested in your well-being. And if he has taken your infirmities away, then it means it has no right to be upon you. If he has taken away your sicknesses, he has bought it, then there is no reason why you should carry it any longer. Even if something is wrong, in your organs, in your body, let me tell you, God is the manufacturer of man. God manufactured everybody, every one of us, every human being on earth. Have you seen Onyibo man making vehicle, making car? He won't have spare parts. They will just say, okay, they have done this Toyota, this brand 2023 edition. No spare parts. Even the phone you are using, is, are there no spare parts? So God will now be foolish. Who gave wisdom to man to make spare parts? We not have spare parts for human beings he has made. So if anything is wrong in your organ, God will replace it. God doesn't repair. He replaces it. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. So whatever the enemy has made wrong in your body, God is replacing this hour in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I don't care what that thing may be. God is the sole manufacturer of man. God didn't call anybody. Let us manufacture man together. He didn't call any angel. He called himself and the Trinity. Let's make man in our own image. If Jesus cannot be sick, then it means that everything perfect in Jesus, God asks what to make you perfect. Bless, uh, brethren, I'm saying to us this morning as I conclude that that woman with the issue of blood, when he came to Jesus, and he says in Matthew chapter 9, he says, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Matthew 9 verse 20, Matthew 9 verse 20, he says, and behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, to verse 22 please, for she said within herself, if I may but, but touch his garment, I shall be whole. And verse 22 says, But Jesus turned to him about when he saw her. He said, Daughter, be of good comfort. 
thy faith has made thee old. And the woman was made old that, from that hour. That woman's issue of blood, that bleeding, did not just stop. God replaced what was causing the healing and uh, was causing the bleeding. The woman, if you go and read it in Mark chapter 5, the woman had been going everywhere and nobody could heal her. Nobody could treat her. The doctors failed in, in able to treat her because they couldn't know what can stop the bleeding. And the source of it, God removed it and put another one so that you'll be a normal woman. And that's why Jesus Christ said, the woman has been made old. This is only the woman, this is the only woman that Jesus Christ did not tell, go and sin no more. <laughs> it was not caused by sin, it was the devil. <laughs> it was the devil. Because he just wants to frustrate the life of that person. Going everywhere to, for every treatment and nothing is stopping. Today, whatever the enemy has been doing in your life, God is undoing them now. In the name of Jesus Christ. I declare over your life that God will meet you at the point of your need at this hour in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Unveiling the unsearchable riches, unsearchable inheritance in Christ uh, quickly tells us that our eyes of understanding must be open. God is always faithful to his word. All we just need to do is to believe him. There is nothing too hard for him to do for his people. His people are his people. God can only be partial when it comes to his people and other people. God will always take care of his people. The healing he has promised you, God will not turn back from it. The victory he has promised you, God will not turn back from it. No matter the effort of the devil, the devil cannot undo what God has done. He says, I have the keys of David. If I shut, no man can open. If I open, no man can shut. It's ever ready for you as a Christian to defend you and to protect you in every situation. But it takes the highest of faith. It takes the highest of faith to be able to receive those things and see those things that are hidden. That's why I started with hidden treasure. It takes the highest of faith your eyes of understanding must be enlightened, friends, before you can see and grasp those inheritances, those blessings. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 to 19, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That your eyes of understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe. So you need to believe. You need to believe before your eyes of understanding can be opened. And it's when your eyes of understanding is open that you'll be able to know the riches that we have in glory. I therefore declare over your life today, shall we rise on our feet? I declare over your life today that every blindness be removed and the veil over your face be cast away in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray for you that everything and all experiences in life that has created sense knowledge in you, making it difficult for you to believe God, today I cause them to their root to be shattered in the name of Jesus. 
I pray for you, receive understanding. Receive revelation now in Christ Jesus. I pray for you that you enter into your possession of great blessing in him. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Put your hands together for Jesus. Let's stretch our hands towards our preacher this morning. Let's ask that the blessings of the Lord will rest upon him and all that is his. Let's pray that the Lord will replenish every virtue that has gone out of him. That in blessing the Lord will bless him. In multiplying the Lord will multiply him. Let's pray for an increase of the knowledge of God that he might do greater exploits for the kingdom. Let's cover him with the blood of Jesus that no evil shall befall him, no evil shall come near him, that the hand of the Lord will continue to protect and preserve him to the glory, the praise of his holy name. Thank you, merciful Lord. Can you thank God for the word that you have received this morning? Say, Lord, as I go forth from here, this word will profit me. The remembrance of this word will bring miracles into my life. And I will enjoy the fullness of the inheritance in Christ Jesus. Thank you, gracious, loving God. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Place it.